This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. My name is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more about what you hear during our show today, please feel free to give us a call at 541-773-9567 or visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And while on our website, please click on the radio page to check out any of our past shows and to even subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, listeners, when it comes to retirement planning, the folks I work with are often very consumed with the big picture items, like their ideal community, whether it's, whether to stay in their current home or to downsize, and how much travel they will want to do when they're retired. And all of those are very, very great and very important things to think about. But a retirement that works for you often boils down to some more details, the nitty gritty details. And so today, one of those nitty gritty details that we're going to talk about is having a strong tax strategy to see you through retirement. So we're going to look a little bit more about some of the most recent and uh, critical tax issues when it comes to retirement on our show today. But before we do, let me introduce our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. All right. Well, thanks so much, Nick. And uh, okay, we're going to talk about preparing for taxes in retirement and making sure we look at what we're doing now that might affect us later. (laughs) I like that uh, kind of uh, doing some planning there. Uh, but yeah, I've been great. Thanks for having me on the show. I had a great holiday season. How have you been, Nick? It's been so fun here in the Rogue Valley. Actually, we got some nice snow uh, over the holiday season wow. to really make it feel like uh, really make it feel like winter in the holiday season. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. That's fun. And your kids, I assume, like the snow. Oh, they sure do. They sure do. They're they don't want it to leave. You know, they're lo- loving the the sledding and uh, and having fun and throwing uh, throwing snowballs at each other over the break. <laughs> and maybe a dad. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I got hit plenty of times. <laughs> good, good. Just making sure you're participating. Uh, I'm glad uh, the kids are involving you in that for sure, Nick. That's fun. I wish I could have been there. Um, but uh, yeah, this sounds like a, a good topic. I mean, obviously. Uh, approaching your retirement is like approaching a birthday when you're a kid. You're worried about the president, the presents, the cake, and the party, and you're not really thinking about the logistics behind everything. But like you implied, I think it's the smaller but no less critical details that can matter the most when it comes to financial planning, and especially when it comes to minimizing that tax burden, right? That's exactly correct, Tony. Yep. And um, I think today, you know, one of the first things that we want to look at is, you know, uh, traditional IRAs and 401ks, which are tax deferred retirement accounts that many Americans rely on during their retirement. And, um, you know, money that flows into these accounts typically slash, you know, your current taxable income, which thereby trims your uh, your tax tab in any given year. Uh, Contributions, dividends and investment gains in these accounts grow tax deferred. But those deferments don't last forever, right? And so uh, once you're officially retired and begin taking withdrawals, you're going to need to pay taxes on any gains um, and your pre-tax or deductible contributions that you have. 
And it's also important uh, to bear in mind that these accounts are going to have required minimum distributions at some point. And, and that's the point in time when you have to begin taking money out for what the IRS tells you you have to do. Well, you're right. And so RMDs are important. And I think that's good. We're talking about that. Now, when do RMDs currently kick in? When do we have to start taking that money out uh, via the government there? Good question. So this recently changed in the last couple of years. And, and today, RMDs begin at the age of 72 for a traditional 401k or IRA. Um, now, if you work past your 72nd birthday, you may qualify to delay an RMD from your employer's 401k plan as long as you don't own more than 5% or more of the company that you work for. Um, your withdrawals uh, from your traditional 401k or IRA are taxed at your standard income rate at that time. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think that's really important. Now, if our listeners take nothing else from this episode, I think they should take away that you need to be working closely with somebody like yourself, Nick, a financial services professional, because that's going to be the best way to navigate all of retirement's many financial strategy issues, including taxes, right? Well, I, I certainly agree with that, Tony. And, you know, I, I understand that uh, getting ready for retirement can be very overwhelming, especially as you enter the last year or two before it becomes official. And um, there's there's no reason to try to figure it out by yourself. Uh, working with a financial services professional can help you get on track and stay on track for that plan. And, you know, the, the, the next thing that I wanted to discuss that uh, listeners have heard about before in our show is Roth IRAs. And first things first, um, they come with one significant long-term tax perk. While the contributions that you put into that Roth IRA are not tax deductible, all of your future withdrawals may be tax-free. Wow. Um, I'm sensing a butt in there. Is there a catch? <laughs> there always is a catch, right, with something that uh, is tax-free. Um, to enjoy those tax-free withdrawals, um, you must have held the Roth account for a minimum of five years. And while you take out the amount um, you, know, you contributed at any time, tax-free in most cases, uh, you must be at least 59 and a half to take those withdrawals without an early 10% penalty from the IRS. Yeah, it seems like there's always penalties and rules and you really need to pay close attention to those uh, so you uh, maximize uh, what you take out and minimize what you're paying in taxes. That's, that's huge. And another reason to work with somebody like yourself. And I think diversifying then between maybe a traditional and a Roth IRA or a traditional and a Roth 401k, that's probably another good reason to meet with you, right? Very, very, very good point. Yep. Um, many of our clients do exactly that. Now, another point that I wanted to make today or talk about for, from a tax standpoint, Tony, is Social Security. Um, because as some of you may recall, you know, until 1983, Social Security benefits were actually tax-free for every American, regardless of income, okay? And, and while Social Security benefits still aren't taxed for a sizable chunk of the population, uh, others are hit fairly hard with this tax. And so if you have provisional income, um, you may have to po pony up as much as 85% uh, federal tax on those benefits, okay? And, and to figure out your provisional income, you begin with your adjusted gross income, and then you add 50% or half of your Social Security benefits and all of your tax-exempt interest. After you do that, if your income is less than $25,000 for individual filers or $32,000 for joint filers, you won't have to pay taxes on your Social Security benefit at all. 
Uh, however, if your income falls between $25,000 and $34,000 for individual filers or $32,000 and $44,000 for joint filers, then as much as 50% of your benefits are subject to taxation on the federal level. And so, you know, finally, if your income is north of $34,000 for individual filers or $44,000 for joint filers, then as much as a whopping 85% of your benefits federally are taxable. Okay. So what's the tax situation for pensions? I mean, I know they're less common these days, but some people still have pensions. Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, the majority of pensions, Tony, are funded using pre-tax dollars, which means the full value of your pension income would become taxable when you receive the money. Okay, so payments from both private and government pensions are generally taxable at your ordinary income tax rate. Okay, so uh, that's interesting. I wanted to touch on pensions. I mean, obviously, uh, they're becoming few and far between, but some people might still have them if they work for the government, that sort of thing. Now, do you have anything else uh, before we take a quick break here? Well, yeah, you know, as always, listeners, uh, I just really encourage you to visit our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com or give us a call at 541-773-9567 to discuss how we might be able to answer any of your questions or address any concerns that you have about your path to retirement. Uh, it's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement that you've worked so hard for. Are you apprehensive about what to do with your assets? Maybe you're exposing your assets to more or less risk than you're comfortable with. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions would be happy to help you figure this out. The Color of Money Risk Analysis assesses your financial picture to provide a Color of Money score that may help you bring your retirement into clearer focus. Take the Color of Money Risk Analysis at our website, jonesfinancialtalk.com, to determine what your risk tolerance is today. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions is a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates. Listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please feel free to give us a call at 541-773-9567 or simply visit us online at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And while on our website, be sure to click on the radio page to check out our past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The radio page will also provide you with previous shows on a number of topics that may be of interest to you. Now, during today's show, we've been examining the ways that taxes are still part of your financial life after you've retired. And some of my clients are surprised to find out just how much of their retirement income is taxable. The key here is to be fully aware of all of those potential taxes and then to prepare accordingly with your advisor through normal reviews. Yeah. And, and nothing keeps that wallet safer than a good financial strategy, right? <laughs> it just, that, that is exactly correct, Tony. That is exactly correct. <laughs> and that's what's important. <laughs> now, you know, I can't even begin to count the number of times that a client has asked me, you know, if their tax rate is going to be higher or lower in retirement. And my answer is always the same, right? And, and you're going to already know the answer. It's, it depends, right? <laughs> I've and, heard you say that and, a lot, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but there's good reason for that. There's, there's three key reasons that I tell them that. And the first is that a significant number of retirees have fewer tax deductions than when they were working, right? And, and for example, you know, a lot of retirees have paid off their home, which means there's no more mortgage interest deduction like they once had. Um, there are also no longer kids at home to claim as dependents, most likely. 
So the second reason is that a lot of retirees prioritize having fun during their post-work lives, and rightly so. But fun costs money, right? And the money used for travel and hobbies during retirement may not be much less than what you were making while you were actually still on the clock. And then finally, and the third reason is that future tax rates are unpredictable. So the current top tax rate is 37%. But in the 1940s, it was 94%, Tony, and it was still in the 70% range in just the 1970s. So my point is, given our current political climate, you know, nobody can say with certainty um, what tax rates will be a decade from now um, and how we're going to continue to pay for everything, you know, in our in our federal government's budget. Yeah, that's that's the question, isn't it? Uh, how are we going <laughs> to pay for all this? That's that's always the question. Well, and and all those all those reasons, the three main reasons you gave definitely make sense to me. And I think the unpredictability of what the future tax rates will be that right there, yet another good reason to work with a financial services professional, because you want to devise the kind of financial strategy that's going to really help you quickly make changes as you need to. That's right. And, you know, an, another question that I hear a lot is, is whether folks can still put money into an IRA after they retire. And uh, the short answer is yes, they can. Um, the SECURE Act of, of 2019 allows all retirees to make contributions to a traditional or Roth IRA if they have earned income. Uh, previously, you couldn't contribute to a traditional uh, IRA past the age of 70 and a half. Okay, so last year, uh, $6,000 was the maximum that anyone that's younger than 50 could contribute to a t- traditional IRA. And those that are older than 50 can add an additional $1,000 as what's called a catch-up contribution. Now, as for Roth IRAs, again, your contributions aren't tax deductible because money flows into your Roth IRA after taxes have already been paid on it. Um, but you get to withdraw contributions without taxes and penalties at any time. So earnings can be withdrawn without taxes and penalties once you've opened the account for five years or had it open for at least five years and are at least 59 and a half, as we've discussed earlier. 59 and a half years old. Not, That's exactly right. Not 59, right. not 60, <laughs> but the cutoff there is 59 and a half. Thank you, IRS and government, for that. <laughs> uh, they just had to complicate the math further for me with fractions. I was told there would be no fractions. So uh, what about, I have a question, what about rolling over from a 401k to an IRA? Right. This is a big one here. And if it's done properly, rolling um, you know, over from a 401k to a traditional IRA is a tax-free event. There's, there's basically two ways to go about it. So first, you can withdraw the money from your 401k account and then simply deposit it into the IRA yourself. And once you have your 401k funds, you're going to have 60 days to complete that rollover. If you miss that deadline, you may be on the hook for both taxes and a penalty. So you really want to make sure that you do it in a timely manner. Uh, next, you may be able to do a transfer from your 401k okay, into a traditional IRA without getting hit with taxes by doing a direct rollover. This is uh, often the best, uh, best thing to do if you have the option to do it. And w- with this method, you simply request your 401k administrator to directly take money from your 401k and direct it into your traditional IRA account. Um, the administrator Uh, may also send you a check made payable to the IRA account, which is also uh, another way to do it. Okay. So earlier you mentioned the SECURE Act, uh, and that also made adjustments to RMDs. Uh, You mentioned that, right? 
Yeah, the it kind of got rid of all these half fraction numbers that you were worried about yeah. earlier, Tony. So, <laughs> so um, you know, prior to 2020, RMDs began at the age of 70 and a half, but the Secure Act bumped it back to the age of 72. And as far um, as for um, how much money you actually have to take out and what's going to be required, okay, it begins at about three and a half percent when you're 72, and each year that you live, that percentage goes up. So once you turn the age of 80, the percentage is north of 5%. And once you turn the age of 90, it's close to 9%. Uh, you should also note that these percentages are based on the balance at the end of the previous year of your retirement accounts. Okay. Now, be aware, though, that beginning this year in 2022, RMD calculations will be adjusted so that distributions are spread over a longer period. Uh, here's a question I think a lot of people also have, or at least will be confronted with at some point, and that's if your spouse passes away and you receive a significant life insurance payout, do you have to pay taxes on that money? No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, you know, while you're going to be dealing that's with the answer the passing, I was hoping for. <laughs> and, and the truth is, you know, while you're dealing with the passing of a spouse, you don't need to also worry about paying taxes on life insurance payout, regardless of how large it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, my wife will be happy to hear that. I think she's been trying to kill me for the insurance money for a few years now. <laughs> <laughs> don't let her hear that, Tony. <laughs> don't give her any ideas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and I've also been told that people 65 and older are also entitled to a larger standard deduction. Is that true? That is true. That is true. So last year in 2021, the standard deduction for most single people was $12,550. And for married couples filing jointly, it was $25,100. But last year, those that were 65 and older were actually entitled to another $1,700 if they were single or head of the household. Okay, and if they were married um, and they're both 65 or older and filing jointly, then the deduction was an additional $2,700 that they got to take. Oh, wow. Okay, that sounds good. I like that. Well, we've been talking about ways to minimize uh, that tax burden, especially uh, tax planning for your retirement. Uh, a lot of people aren't looking ahead like that with their taxes, and you definitely need to be. You've given us some great pointers so far. I know you've got some more ground to cover, but we should probably take a quick break here. Is there anything you want to add for our listeners before the break? Well, sure. Listeners, if you have any questions about uh, the comments we've made so far or anything we've discussed, feel free to give us a call at 541-773-9567. Be happy to answer any questions you might have. A 401k can be an important asset for many Americans' retirements. Its tax advantages and portability may enable workers to build sizable and important nest eggs, but its flexibility can also be costly if you aren't aware of potential mistakes. Feel free to request your guide to avoid 401k rollover mistakes today at our website, jonesfinancialtalk.com. Once again, that's jonesfinancialtalk.com. Jones & Associate Premier Financial Solutions is a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with our host. The man with the plan is Nick Jones. And this has been a good one, Nick, a really good show today. You've been talking about how taxes are still a part of your life, even after you retire. What do you have for us in our final segment about this today? 
Yeah. So, so far we've looked at both, um, you know, the expected and unexpected ways that taxes are going to erode your investments like you talked about, Tony. And so I thought that we'd end the show on more of an upbeat note and highlight some of the tax breaks that retirees uh, are often unaware of. Oh, yeah, Um, that sounds good. Okay, great, great. So the the first potentially overlooked tax break is um, is the spousal IRA contribution. Okay, so in most cases, you must have earned income to kick money into an IRA. But if you're married and your spouse is still working, they can often contribute as much as $7,000 per year to a traditional or Roth IRA that you own, you actually own. Uh, but don't forget, the year's total combined contributions to your IRA or your spouse's IRA can't be greater than 13000 if only one of you is over 50, or 14000 if both of you are at least the age of 50. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one, and that is a positive. It seems to me if, hey, if one spouse is working and one is retired, uh, working with a financial services professional like yourself is going to be valuable because then it will help you keep track of all these various strategies, the rules, the nuances. There's a lot to this. Definitely. Definitely there is. Um, You know, Tony, the next potentially valuable deduction is Medicare premiums. And if you become self-employed after you retire, and this is obviously something we've talked about on the show before, and it's becoming more and more common, um, you can actually deduct the premiums that you pay for Medicare Parts B and Parts D, as well as most Medigap policies or Medicare Advantage plans. Okay, but, you know, one note on this is you're not allowed to take this deduction if you're still eligible for employer uh, subsidized health plans offered by either your employer or your spouse's employer. So can't be on a plan like that. And you have to be self-employed to be able to have this option. Okay, a lot of nuances and rules to be aware of uh, if one half of a couple is retired and the other half is working then. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Giving money to charity is another potentially good way for retirees to reduce their tax burden a bit. Um, So once you reach 70 and a half, you can contribute to your favorite charities in a tax-friendly manner without having to deal with itemization, okay, on on your returns. And and the Qualified Charitable Distribution, or QCD as it's called, uh, allows you to transfer as much as $100,000 every year from a traditional IRA directly to a charity. Mm. Okay, if and if you're married, your spouse your spouse uh, can add an additional hundred thousand from their own IRA. Now, the transfer isn't considered taxable income, and it counts actually towards your required minimum distribution. Also, Tony, one thing to note there though is that you can't also claim the transfer as a charitable deduction on your Schedule A. Interesting. I wasn't aware of those uh, amounts or those rules, but I have to imagine it's a potentially great deal for some of our listeners out there depending on their situation. Well, while it's true that not many folks need to worry about the federal estate tax, given that most people will be able to pass on a little more than 12 million, you know, to their heirs this year. um, And in 2022, married couples would be able to pass out 24 million. I mean, that's, that's a big, big number, right? To not have to hit. Um, But, you know, there's definitely a chance that estate taxes may become something that you have to strategize for, um, that you're going to want to talk with your financial services professional about. For for instance, Tony, uh, estate taxes here in the in the state of Oregon start at just a million dollars. Okay, and so there's lots of things that you want to consider. Um, you know, th- things like utilizing the annual gift tax exclusion um, if your if your estate's going to be valued above the million dollar rule. 
Wow. And so this year in 2022, you can give as much as $16,000 every year to any number of people without facing a gift tax. Okay. So your spouse can give that same person an additional 16,000, making a tax-free gift to one person of 32,000 a year. Well, that strikes me as something that could add up pretty quickly. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And uh, a lot of our clients talk with us about this. Um, Let's break it down a little bit further here, Tony. So if you're married and you have three married children and let's say six grandchildren, you and your spouse can give each child, their spouse and each grandchild $32,000. And so that's a grand total of $384,000, right? So, you know, down the road, this money won't be taxed as part of your estate after you die because you remove it from your estate when you give it away. Hmm. I see. Wow. Okay. So for people in the, uh, in, in an economic position to offer gifts of that size, that strategy may be a wise move. That's correct, Tony. And you know, our listeners should also be aware of the potential for tax-free profit off of the sale of a vacation home. And we talk about this a lot. So qualifying for this one is actually fairly simple. The home you're selling must be your primary residence, and you you must have both owned it and lived in it for a minimum of two out of the last five years prior to the sale, okay? But there's a fact, um, you know, th- that you can actually grab some tax-free profit from selling a vacation home. So think about this for an, for an example. Um, let's say that you sell your family, you know, homestead and utilize that tax break that makes as much as 250000 or 500000 if you're married and filing jointly. Um, of the profit tax-free. So from there, you move into your vacation home that you've owned for many years. And as long as that vacation home is your principal residence for a minimum of the next two out of five years, some of the profit of that eventual sale will be tax-free. These are some great pointers you've offered today. And I want to let our listeners know that if they have any questions or want to sit down, or maybe they're inheriting some property or some money or they want to set up a, a will or a legacy plan to pass it along, they need to have a solid plan in place and work with somebody who knows about all the pitfalls. And I know you work alongside estate planning attorneys to help your clients do that, right? Definitely. And and you are correct, Tony. We've only just uh, touched a couple of uh, important topics about taxes today. There are so many more to come depending on what happens with um, the huge spending bill that's that, that's coming our way this year. And so I just urge our listeners, if they have any questions about their financial strategy, um, just to go on our website, take a look at what we have to offer you there at jonesfinancialtalk.com, or feel free to give us a call at 541-773-9567. We're here to talk to you about your specific situation and help you in any way we possibly can. All right. That sounds good. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones, Herstel Jones, and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.